Chapter Four of A Bachelor's Dream by Mrs. Hungerford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Children, said Miss Bochafen abruptly, you have been good today, and it is fine. We will go out. The children, engaged in turning their nursery into a very fair imitation of pandemonium, and in driving the unhappy nursemaid nearly mad stopped their various operations at these words from their governess as she entered and stared at her partly perhaps because they were not conscious of having been less troublesome than they usually were but more because of her last sentence did mademoiselle really say we will go out she had been their governess for six weeks now and during all that time had not once been outside the street door do you mean you'll take us cried tom the eldest and the readiest tongued shan't go with ellen i shan't muttered floss sulkily nasty ellen won't go with ellen whimpered maggie with a thumb in her mouth you will all go with me and ellen said alexia quietly beginning with her deft fingers to remove grubby pinafores and brush tumbled hair will you get ready ellen and do not waste time please or we shall lose the best part of the afternoon ellen departed willingly she was not sure that she liked mademoiselle but there was no doubt that she intensely detested her daily task of taking the three troublesome brats for their walk if mademoiselle liked to try it well ellen only breathed a fervent wish that she might like it that's all miss bouchafin making great haste over the toilet of her pupils had them ready and was ready herself before ellen and filled up the spare time by pacing the hall from end to end as she waited not hastily the perfect grace of her every motion was too complete for haste not even impatiently for the set expression of her face never changed and no flush of excitement tinted the ivory pallor of her cheeks if her eyes were a little brighter a little wider open than usual it was very little mrs jessop passing through the hall as the governess and pupils waited confessed to herself with reluctant honesty as she looked at the stately young figure in its plain dark dress that there was no denying that mademoiselle did look like a queen it was the beginning of may and for a wonder hot and bright enough almost for july the afternoon sun shone down warm and brilliant as alexia stepped out into its glare she stopped and almost staggered put her hand to her throat while she shivered violently the round-eyed maid watching was quite sympathetic no wonder she felt odd poor young lady remembering what had happened to her the last time she was out 
where shall we go demanded tom tugging at alexia's hand want to go and see mrs leslie murmured maggie i'm going to look at the shops declared floss with emphasis i can spend my shilling if i want to uncle george said no no not to-day demurred the governess quickly listen children the shops you can see any day to-morrow perhaps but to-day we will go somewhere else where else demanded floss critically with a fond look at the shilling which he had drawn out of his knickerbocker pocket into the park said alexia we will all ride there in a tram car you will like that finsbury park questioned tom oh all right i don't mind only i say let's go up to the water where the ducks are yes let's added floss restoring the shilling to his pocket wants some buns to feed em with poor things murmured maggie with pathetic intonation yes you shall go to the water and have the buns said alexia she had been walking rapidly all this time almost too rapidly for the little feet trotting beside her and did not pause or speak until they reached highbury corner which was more crowded and busy than usual this warm afternoon a tram car was waiting and she hurried her charges into it taking no heed of tom's desire to sit where he could see the horses or of floss's loudly expressed determination to ride on the roof she took her seat and leaning back drew her black gossamer veil tightly over her face and closed her eyes seeming to become totally oblivious of her surroundings ellen sitting with maggie on her knee distracted by tom's ceaseless questions upon the one side and by floss's incessant demands to be put on the roof upon the other felt a little sulky and injured really it was too bad of mademoiselle if she came out with the children she might at least take her share in amusing and keeping them quiet ellen at any rate was not sorry when the park gates were reached a plentiful supply of buns was procured and the children with shrill screams and whoops of delight started off for the ducks and the water oh dear cried the nursemaid quite dismayed at suddenly finding herself alone with the governess they'll lose themselves mademoiselle there's such a many other children about we shall never find em keep them in sight then said alexia follow them ellen you had better not wait for me my head aches and i cannot walk fast but we shall lose you too mademoiselle demurred the girl hesitatingly no no i will follow you slowly go they may fall into the water if you linger miss maggie's nigh sure to with they buns said the girl 
taking the alarm and without any more loitering she darted after the runaways alexia did not follow for a moment she stood on the broad gravel walk looking about her groups of figures were scattered about the smooth turf young ladies with novels old ladies with crochet and poodles nurses the girl looked not at but around and beyond them her great eyes seemed to be searching as if surprised at not seeing something and yet dreading to see it then their expression changed for a moment her figure swayed the next she was walking gracefully slowly languidly toward a rustic seat which stood upon the smooth greensward in a somewhat lonely spot it stood at an angle formed by two flower beds and was backed by a clump of shrubbery upon it there was one figure seated that of a man the governess approached this figure slowly a middle-aged man loosely dressed hair turning gray dark complexioned with a scar on his cheek a scar such as a slash with a keen-edged knife might have made she approached and passed him she did not look at him he did not look at her he appeared to be quite absorbed in absently cutting and fashioning a rough stick with the aid of a large clasp knife he gazed before him abstractedly brushed the splinters of wood from his knee and laid the knife down upon the seat beside him the edge of the blade uppermost the girl shuddered the ivory pallor of her cheeks grew gray beneath her veil she passed on round the clump of bushes and returned the man had abandoned his whittling and with his chin upon his hand whistled as he looked down at the grass at his feet his right hand played absently with the open knife now the edge was upward now downward now he half closed it then opened it wide again alexia boutchiffin's breath came rapidly one violent throb of her heart almost suffocated her but graceful upright stately she passed the seat as though it were vacant she did not appear to glance at the man sitting there toying with the knife and whistling under his breath she passed him and as she did so her gloved hand made a swift motion and a white object gleamed upon the turf behind her a paper had fluttered from her fingers and lay close to the rustic seat tom floss and maggie flinging pieces of bun to voracious ducks were delighted far too absorbed to remember their governess and ellen finding herself fully occupied in keeping their hats on their heads and themselves outside the railings that surrounded the lake had also forgotten miss boutchiffin completely the girl was quite startled when she saw the tall dark figure suddenly beside her the great bright eyes shining through the black veil and how pale she was her cheeks were quite white 
lower mademoiselle she cried with loud voice sympathy how bad you do look i'm tired said alexia abruptly children are you ready to go ready why we ain't had half a walk demurred tom i'm hungry exclaimed floss tugging at miss boucherfin's gown maggie went and threw all the buns to the ducks she did little stupid you're tory i never you eaten too yourself you did maggie declared indignantly you's a greedy boy a didful greedy boy isn't he a greedy boy mamselle never mind we'll get more buns as we go out said alexia come now children i am tired my head aches we will come some other time to-morrow perhaps and stay longer come now they walked away from the water and gained the broad path leading to the gates alexia slackened her pace and releasing floss's hand but still retaining maggie's fell slightly behind sauntering slowly playing with the buttons of her cloak keeping her eyes fixed straight before her they were passing a seat close to the edge of the path upon which a man was sitting a middle-aged loose-jointed man with gray hair a bright object lay at his feet a small ball of gorgeous tints the child saw it uttered a delighted cry and struggled to release her hand it was released and she started to pick up the prize it was hardly in her grasp when she screamed out frightened for the man with the gray hair had taken hold of her arm and was speaking to her not roughly although his voice was harsh and stern my little one see the lady has dropped this paper give it to her and as for this bauble take it go he released her the child was scared but she held in one hand the paper he had given to her in the other the gay-colored ball he pointed peremptorily after the tall retreating figure of alexia boucherfin and frightened at his frowning face the child darted toward mamselle 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 she tugged at the governess's dress at her hand ook what he dave me holding up the ball nice nice man very nice floss sent have it he sent floss a giddy boy he dived me for myself oh and yes with a sudden remembrance of something less absorbing than the ball she held up the paper a mere folded scrap alexia seized it eagerly held it fast in her hands asked almost inaudibly who gave it to you child him did you droppened it him said the child turning round to point then she cried out blankly oh him's gone miss boucherfin glanced behind her hastily 
the seat by which the gay-coloured bowl had lain was empty she opened the paper and read within it written in a blood-red colour the run word absolved dr brutnell found his nephews and niece unusually excited and talkative when as was his custom he came up after dinner to see them in miss buchafan's pleasant sitting-room the rides in the tram-cars the park the buns and the ducks were enlarged upon in turn and then maggie produced her ball and plunged into such broken and lavish praises of the very nice man that the doctor looked at the governess for enlightenment a gentleman in the park sir gave her the ball exclaimed miss buchafan gravely and zoo a letter cried maggie and also returned me a paper that i had dropped amended alexia i see well don't smash more windows with the ball than you can help said the doctor putting his niece down upon her feet he rose and approached the stately young governess standing beautiful in the light of lamp and fire one hand drooping at her side the other lying upon the marble of the mantelpiece hardly whiter and hardly colder george brutnell had begun to think that her coldness and gravity suited her beauty laughter blushes dimples would have spoiled it her frigid manner did not repel him now it had a charm for him which no warmth and graciousness could have had and yet perversely he longed intensely to see her both kind and sweet how beautiful she was he glanced at her reflected face in the mirror and winced and frowned and bit his lip seeing his own beside it a small plain dark clean-shaven man he was her very antithesis intellectual-looking pleasant refined he might perhaps claim to be considered but how utterly painfully unattractive he must be to her i am glad to hear that you have been out mademoiselle he said kindly the day was so fine it tempted me replied alexia a very good thing the confinement was telling upon you resumed the doctor let me advise you to try get out once at least every day i shall do so sir with your permission now now that the first plunge is taken he remarked good-humouredly well that is wise don't go too far or let these youngsters trouble you too much either out of doors or in and you will soon feel the benefit you are very good sir murmured the governess but i am quite well indeed quite strong you must let me be the best judge of that mademoiselle i am afraid you have overtaxed your strength to-day you are looking tired i am not so indeed not at all too tired to play if you desire it thank you mademoiselle said the doctor simply 
there was a piano in the room a tolerable one and alexia moved slowly toward it and sat down it had become quite an institution this half-hour's playing which she gave the doctor when he came upstairs to bid the children good-night he was disappointed if by any chance she missed it perhaps because he hardly saw her at any other time and because it was something to be able from his distant seat to watch her as she played he learned her attitudes her expressions the poise of her head the curve of her full throat by heart at these times he did not care for music and had no knowledge of the airs she played but he knew that he had heard no playing like hers the magic of her fingers made the instrument speak thanking her now he did not leave the room as usual but lingered even after the children had said good-night and gone to bed alexia looked at him questioningly and he began to speak awkwardly as she saw but with how much reluctance she did not suspect mademoiselle you will pardon my recalling it but you recollect when you first expressed a wish to remain here yes she spoke quite quietly but her eyes involuntarily widened and her lips parted she put her hand to her bosom felt the stiffness of paper there and then the hand fell at her side again and she sat looking at the fire you recollect resumed george brudnell with a reluctant troubled glance at her averted face that i told you then how perfectly aware i was that the post you wished to fill was completely below your capabilities that in it you would be thrown away in short and that at the best it could only be considered as an occupation for you until something better should offer i remember sir the doctor hesitated that sir with its stiffness its cool formal respect jarred upon him more and more day by day and she hardly ever failed to use it he was too diffident to remonstrate with a few gay words as a more confident easy man would have done and chafed under it in silence i'm happy to tell you that something has offered it was a lie and he knew it the thought of losing her cold and statuesque as she was to him made him miserable filled his heart with a keen pain a pain which had brought very near the inevitable revelation that he was bound to make to himself alexia raised her head and looked at him but she did not speak he went on it is in the family of one of my patients not as a governess but as a companion to his wife they are wealthy and she is refined cultivated and kind-hearted woman you could i think hardly fail to be comfortable with her if you care to accept the post 
he paused again but finding her still silent went on that you would be upon terms of perfect equality i need not say this lady mrs latimer would like to see you if you care to think further of it alexia looked into his face with her great sombre eyes sir do you then wish me to leave here wish he echoed was there really a sorrowful almost reproachful intonation in her voice he was foolish enough to fancy so weak enough to encourage this sudden rap rapid beating of his heart because if not she went on gently i would rather stay here if i may mademoiselle are you sure of that consider quite sure i am comfortable here it is home you have been so kind to me ah sir do not send me away she spoke entreatingly eagerly and to herself she added pressing her hands again upon her breast if he sends me from this house i am lost my child said george brudenell simply again remembering only how young she was as he spoke to her thus protectingly stay if you wish and as long as you wish you shall leave only when you yourself desire it i shall not do that murmured alexia softly and then having no further excuse for remaining he went away the doctor fell into a reverie before his study fire presently and forgot the book upon his knee he had the pleasant consciousness of an uncongenial task consciously performed and without its anticipated unwelcome results being left behind it was not an idea of his own which had caused him to inquire among his patients for a suitable situation for alexia Butchefin, but the hints and then downright urgings of his friend mrs leslie both she and kate merritt had seen the governess for in her kindness of heart the elder lady had paid more than one visit to laura's children mrs leslie had been astonished at alexia's beauty and stateliness sympathetic and questioning over her story and upon hearing that she was to remain in the doctor's house had been amazed a conventional-minded woman with all her kindness of heart mrs leslie had been shocked perhaps she might not have been so had there been no scandalized and indignant influence upon her own side but kate had been excessively voluble upon this incipient fulfilment of her predictions and had let her sister have very little peace indeed finally mrs leslie had summed up the whole case to the doctor by assuring him that it would never do well it would have to do he decided when he roused himself sufficiently to know what he had been thinking about 
the girl should stay if she preferred it that was certain in spite of all the opinions in christendom he rather enjoyed this outrage upon the proprieties forgetful altogether that the same thought had been in his own mind he was glad to know that she was tranquil and safe nothing more consciously yet End of chapter four